everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and we are back. That's right, I'm feeling much better. Uh, the sickness has passed, the storm clouds have lifted, and I can breathe again. So things are going great in my neck of the woods. Hope they're going great in yours. And we have uh, what I'm thinking is going to end up being a double feature uh, that you guys will be seeing on the uh, podcast catchers that you use, Apple Music, whatever that is, uh, Apple <laughs> Apple Podcasts. But, uh, but yes, uh, I have, uh, the movies are back. Cinema is better than ever. And I think that March is ending, looking like it's going to be a very exciting month. The box office has been incredibly kind and uh, these movies have been blowing the numbers out of the water. So the first film that we're going to be talking about uh, on this episode is going to be Creed 3, as the title suggests. And uh, shout out to good friend of the show, Anthony. He called me out after uh, seeing the film, asking uh, where it ranked in my Rocky films. And uh, I didn't have an answer for him because I hadn't seen all of the Rocky films. And so, again, he called me out. And so I took it upon myself this week to watch every single Rocky movie. Uh, I had already seen the Creed films and I had seen the original Rocky movie. But um, bits and pieces, I think, of a couple of the others whenever they were ending up on TV. But I can now confidently say that I have my rankings list and we will talk about that along with some thoughts about all of the Rocky movies. So if you're a fan of Rocky, if you're a fan of Creed, if you're a fan of film, this is going to be your episode. Now, before we dive in, I will say uh, I will be talking spoilers about Creed 3. If you haven't seen the movie yet, I highly encourage you to go check it out. Uh, it was awesome. That's going to be my, uh, my one-word spoiler-free review. Uh, I can obviously give a couple more thoughts than that, but uh, just to say, this film was uh, it was a, it was a great time. And right now, when it comes to the films that I've seen in 2023, it is my top film right now. Uh, I've only seen three movies. Well, maybe I've seen a little more than three, but three movies that are in my quote unquote tops list, and uh, it's right there up at the top. So, directed by Michael B. Jordan, uh, his directorial debut which is honestly shocking because it does not seem like it. He is a master behind the camera. I'm sure he wouldn't call himself that, but I'm sure maybe behind closed doors after seeing this movie, he probably did because it really did feel that way. It felt like the Creed franchise is in good hands. And I'm honestly really excited for the future of this franchise. So uh, let's dive in. Um, from what I remember uh, from the last two Creed films, and, and, and this is a really great part of this movie too, is that in a way, you don't need to re-watch the other Creed movies to understand what's going on in this movie. I mean, a part of me even wonders if you need to see the other Creed movies in order to enjoy this movie, because I bet you a lot of people out there are really thinking about the Jonathan Majors double feature that's currently on screens right now with Ant-Man and, Ant and the Wasp Quantumania and Creed 3. Uh, and like I said, if I'm picking, I would recommend Creed 3 over Ant-Man, but I still obviously loved Ant-Man. Um, but yes, yeah, so there's the, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a fresh take. It is a new direction. And at the same time, it is a wholly contained film. And I think that is my favorite piece of this movie. 
Uh, you've probably seen some articles out there. Rocky is not even in this movie, Sylvester Stallone. He's mentioned, as are some other people that are mentioned, but uh, this movie is Creed, Adonis Creed, standing on his own. And honestly, I, I can't think of a better place for him to be, especially after watching um, seven Rocky movies or six Rocky movies in the last week. Uh, I think it's time for some new blood to take over and for uh, things to kind of move in a new direction, which, again, after this movie, seems like it kind of is. So we open up with, uh, it's kind of future forward. I think it's been a couple years now since the last film uh, in, in the movie universe, and he's kind of at the top of his game. He just finished a fight. He's, you know, like the undisputed heavyweight champion, much like in every other movie. And we are now focusing on a relationship that he had with a sort of best friend, uh, almost like a brother, uh, in Jonathan Major's Dame, uh, Damien. And he uh, is just, I mean, we got to pause there and just talk about it. Michael B. Jordan, again, as a director, phenomenal. Acting in this movie, absolutely incredible. Jonathan Majors is transcendent in this film and I think this is something that you're going to hear a lot every single time you see Jonathan Majors on the screen I mean after watching this movie I did a little deep dive on Jonathan Majors fascinating absolutely fascinating he's uh I think it said he was originally from California lived there for a very brief time and then basically was raised in Texas very familiar to uh, your podcast host minus the California piece but um, he kind of came from a broken home he said he was surrounded by like had neighbors that were kind of of the criminal element and he said that really brought into perspective a lot of the reason why he wanted to become an actor because he would see these people doing bad things but then you know at the flip of a coin they were very kind and very nice uh treated him well that sort of stuff and so that nuance in human nature of being able to be bad and be good at the same time that gray area he said he wanted to take that inspiration and really bring that to life on screen and not just for Creed. That's you know, it almost feels like that's kind of his thesis statement. Though I don't know what his thesis statement is. He did immediately go and get a bachelor's and master's degree in acting, uh, and then literally that year uh, was in a couple of TV shows. And then Bing Bang Boom, he was on Lovecraft Country. He was in The Five Bloods. He was in uh, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. And it just blew up, right? He's in devo- He was in Devotion. And this is, you know, I, I saw this as a very interesting fact as well. It has been a very, very, very long time since a actor can claim to have not just the number one film two weeks in a row of two different films, but having the number one and number two film in the same week. Uh, they were saying they had to look as far back as even like, um, what was it? Maybe like Leonardo DiCaprio with Titanic. And I think he had um, one other film that was out at the same time. There may have been one other person. But they said this is just something that is absolutely unheard of. And the uh, the, the pandemic kind of pushed, put it in this because Creed was supposed to come out a while ago. Ant-Man and the Wasp got flip-flopped around with the Marvels a couple times. Uh, and it just, you know, the gods smiled on him and, and smiled on us, honestly, because at this point, he has solidified himself as an absolute movie star. 
and Michael B. Jordan's right there with him. I mean, we are seeing the future of cinema up on the screen right now with these young actors who are just absolutely killing it, and Tessa Thompson as well. So you have three very strong actors in this film who are at the top of their game, absolutely killing it, just like their characters are in this movie. And essentially, uh, again, you know, we're going to be talking full spoilers on this, but what happens is um, there's a situation... And this is, this is what I love about these movies. They're not deep. They're not that deep. You don't have to think about them. It's one of those almost kind of you can turn your brain off. You don't really need to because there's some really cool emotional things in this movie as well. But essentially, um, Michael B. Jordan's character and Jonathan Majors, they both grew, grew up in broken homes and they lived in um, a group home. And one of the quote-unquote fathers in the group home beat up on them all the time and his name was Leon, and there's a night, the very beginning of the movie kind of talks about this, opens up with Damien is a very strong boxer. He's one of the best boxers around in the Crenshaw district, and he um, wins a fight, and him and um, Adonis kind of go celebrate, and they stop at a liquor store, and Adonis sees Leon there and beats him up, and at that time, uh, a couple of other guys try to beat up on Adonis, and Damien shows up, gets out of the car, and he's got a gun. And of course, at that point in time, the police show up, uh, Adonis runs, and uh, Damien gets arrested, and he's in prison for, I think he says, like 18 years. And so that's the gist of this, is there's this bad blood between the two of them for this incident. That, by the end of it, which again, one of the most powerful scenes in the movie, it wasn't either of their faults, right? They came from this broken home and uh, and they were ki- they were just kids at the time they were probably they were just teenagers and so um, you know when he when he gets out of prison he finds Creed and says like hey man you know I want a shot at the title uh, he he earned it he deserved it back in the day and so there's this idea that maybe he's not you know ready for it uh, but he totally is and through the power of using prison friends he's able to kind of weasel himself into a title fight against uh i believe his name was felix the um kind of the reigning champion currently who's supposed to be fighting ivan drago which was really not ivan drago but victor victor drago his son uh which was awesome getting to see drago again in this movie was one of my favorite parts and there's a bit where again um damien essentially has a friend from prison break drago's hand or something and so he can't fight and at that point, you know, Damien becomes famous. He wins that fight and goes on, you know, and, and Creed's like, man, what do you know? It's crazy. What do you, and he's like, I don't need you anymore, man. I, I did it. And then he finds out, obviously, you know, that he betrayed him and all that sort of stuff. But there's a, one of my favorite scenes in the movie, I think, is when uh, Drago is kind of sparring with Creed. And it was just, I, I was giggling during that scene because I, it was just so cool to see them both on screen after the crazy battle that they had in the last movie. And uh, yeah, so that was just crazy. And uh, one thing that I do want to call out from this was uh, Michael B. Jordan was asked about what his influences were for the film. And he obviously is a huge anime fan. There's no secret about that. He talks about that a lot in interviews. And he said he wanted to pull that in, some anime influences in this movie and i don't want to call michael b jordan out completely but the movie opens up and says they're in los angeles in 2002 and i'm almost positive he had a naruto poster on his um on his wall and i'm almost positive that it was a naruto shippuden poster 
which couldn't have been because that show did not start until may, almost more than a decade later. Uh, so maybe a continuity error, but either way, he's got anime posters on his wall. He's got a Gundam statue on his, when he's a kid. I just, I loved that. But then the way that he kind of orchestrated these fights was so cool. And the final fight um, has this really great anime sort of style where, you know, the whole world disappears and it's just the two of them fighting. And they're not, I mean, there's a, there's a piece of it where you're wondering, you know, they, they shouldn't even be fighting at this point, right? They should be hashing it out because this is this is something that, but that's the way that it is, right? It's a Creed movie. So you, it's a Rocky movie. You got to have fight. And, uh, and, but that fight was amazing. And these guys are just absolutely ripped getting to see them go at it with each other. And then to see them kind of reconcile afterwards was incredibly powerful. Tessa Thompson's character um, was also amazing. She is, is this very strong anchor for Creed, and she's constantly trying to get him to just talk, to talk through his emotions because he's letting this stuff kind of bottle up. And so to finally see him share what's going on after his mom passes away, which was a devastating scene, um, was beautiful. And uh, just to see that, again, she, she was so powerful in this and really coming into her own in explaining how she really wanted to be a singer, but she couldn't because her hearing was going away. And so now she has to be a producer and the struggle that she's had in feeling like she's not enough in that same situation, but then also kind of the, the motivation of that for their daughter, who is deaf. And her daughter wanting to become a fighter, which I, you know, and I think maybe a lot of people would be saying, and I think it even has been rumored now at this point or even confirmed that they're going to be developing because this, this franchise is going to live on. I mean, th there's no way this movie blew away box office expectations. Uh, and I would love to see the next film be about their daughter grown up a bit, uh, becoming a fighter. That would be really cool uh, just because she seems so passionate about it too. So like I said, I loved the movie. Uh, the soundtrack was amazing. The camera work was incredible. It was crisp. It was awesome. And uh, spoiler alert as we go. Actually, no, I won't spoil. Well, if I said spoiler alert, um, this is my favorite movie of the franchise. And so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to pause it there and um, talk about a sort of hot take that you may not agree with with me, but this is based on my opinion of just seeing all of these Rocky movies. I don't think this should be called the Rocky franchise. I think you know where I'm going with this. I think this should be called the Creed franchise. Not only because we have the th we're in the Creed franchise piece of it currently. Obviously, the other movies were about Rocky, but there is an almost uh, uncanny. Uh, just idea that uh, Apollo Creed is essentially, you could argue that he's semi the main character of all of these films. And so we'll talk about that uh, right now, actually, just in the idea that, you know, he's the one who challenges, well, I guess Rocky kind of challenges in a sense too, but that's the main fight in the first movie is him against Apollo. Uh, fighting Apollo again in the second film. Apollo becomes his trainer in the third film. Apollo is the main fighter in the fourth film and dies and so the whole fourth film is about rocky avenging apollo and then the fifth movie is kind of the fallout of that and obviously you know not a lot of people probably want to talk about the fifth movie and then the sixth movie i would yeah, the sixth movie is truly a rocky film that's fine as well but then you get into this so if you were to say is this in a creed franchise or a rocky franchise well there are three four five six seven eight there's nine 
uh, in this franchise, right? So yeah, there's nine, and only two of them are focused on Rocky. Again, yes, you could argue they're all focused on Rocky, uh, but I don't know. I, I just I like the idea of thinking that this is a Creed franchise because. Um, that's just a powerful statement, I think. And so, uh, take that with what you will scream at me, uh, from wherever you're listening to this. And, uh, I'm going to dive into what I think about these films. So the first Rocky, obviously that one's a classic. I did not rewatch it. I've seen that movie before. Uh, and that's one of those movies. No offense. I feel like you see it once you've seen it a thousand times because everyone plays that movie all the time. But my quick thoughts, Rocky two, felt like a complete rehash of Rocky 1. It was good in that sense of, you know, you're getting exactly what you pay for, but I it did not break the mold in any way. There's some really laughable moments with the script, the whole idea of him struggling and, you know, taking Adrian. I here's what I don't get. I mean, I get, you know, honestly Rocky and Adrian are perfect for each other, I think, because uh, she is just so awkward and shy and he's super awkward and not shy. So they, they kind of balance each other out, but I just kept, their performances just felt so stiff in a lot of these movies, and I, I, I get it. I mean, good for Sylvester for writing these and directing these, but at the same time, I mean, it's like a, it's a comeback movie, and we all love our comeback movies, but at the same time, I don't know, I don't know. So that's kind of my thoughts on Rocky Two. I really liked Rocky Three. Uh, and when I say really like, I'm gonna I'm gonna again, this might be a hot take. I gave a lot of these movies sixes because they were all right. I don't think I'd go back and watch most of them again. If they were on TV, I'd probably keep them on, but there's just I don't know, there's the formula is the exact same every single time. The songs are the same. They reuse film footage from the prior movies, which I guess was a thing back then. I think some movies still do that now. Rocky 3 was cool in the sense of getting to see Mr. T as Clubber Lang, but this is where it really the cracks started showing because I'm like, Clubber Lang shows up to this statue uh, unveiling and is literally dissing Rocky's wife in front of a giant crowd. Why did nobody stop him? Why did no one prevent him from getting in in the first place? Again, I guess that's just the way fights are, but I my favorite part about that movie was Rocky having to go get Apollo Creed's help. And so, again, I really think he drove that film uh, in a really great way. Uh, Rocky IV was uh, it was pretty fun. At the same time, there was a lot. I would think the theme of that one is that there are people who are robots. I loved Pauly's robot that was like a butler that turned into kind of a wife that was really eerily timely with the way that AI is today and robots are today. Uh, but at the same time, Ivan Drago excuse me, was an absolute robot. At the same time, uh, the fights were really good. I can't believe he killed Paul, Apollo Creed uh, and even says, uh, if he dies, he dies. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. How, how is that even possible? And then they hold a press conference. How is how has he not been arrested? I don't know how wrestle or boxing works. Uh, oh, you know what was cool in that one, too, was him boxing or wrestling against uh, uh, Hulk Hogan. That was really cool. So there's a lot of great movie stars in this one. You got him. James Brown was in the movie for the living in America. That one, in my opinion, had the best soundtrack. One of my favorite Rocky songs is Hearts on Fire, which was on that one. And uh, also you had Living in America. You had Eye of the Tiger. Uh, all of that was great. But there's just, you know, everyone in Russia at the end of the movie stands up and cheers for Rocky. That would never happen today. Uh, you know, and none of this would have happened today. The minute that a Russian comes into America and boxes someone to death, 
in this climate, in this environment, in this economy? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Uh, you know, <laughs> Vladimir Zelensky would be uh, better at boxing, I think, would be more welcome to come to the U.S. to box than anyone in Russia. Uh, but that's, again, just, you know, one man's opinion. And even there, I, I feel bad in all of these movies. I, I feel like Adrian was, was underwritten. Um, she is just this awkward person who is, is essentially the one trying to stop Rocky from fighting, which becomes annoying after a time because, we're you know, we're thinking to ourselves, we just want to see this fight, right? We're, we want to see the fight. Please stop telling him not to fight. We know he shouldn't fight. Uh, and she even gets in a coma in that second movie. It was like, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, let's just take her off the board, right? It was wild. But then we get to Rocky V, which was not a good movie. Um, well, spoiler alert there, that was my least favorite movie of the franchise. I gave that a five as in not good movie. But there were some interesting pieces to that movie. There are some things I actually really liked about that movie. I liked the idea of him having to come to terms with uh, you know, his retirement in a sense. You can't box forever. And so I thought that was really interesting, very powerful but I hated Tommy Gunn. I hated uh, the the like rep guy, the guy who was trying to kept trying to get Rocky to fight. Um, I, I did like he said he had a line. He said, "Aren't you tired of putting your hand in your pocket and all you feel is your leg?" I really liked that line. And then also in that movie, Paulie also Paulie is consistently getting a worse drinking problem in every movie and by this movie he has a binoculars he has binoculars that are like a container for alcohol a secret container for alcohol that made me laugh because i was like out of anything you could have to be like why wouldn't it be a boxing glove or i don't know that just what is he doing with binoculars it was very strange um and then last night i watched rocky balboa which I was really excited for because that one was from 2006. So I figured maybe, maybe some pieces of it would have been fixed and they were, but there was a really strange um, sort of technical aspect to that movie that reminded me a lot of a scary movie called The Collector where all of the scenes just felt like they were tinted in this sort of limelight hue, uh, very grainy, but at the same time, and I, and I was trying to figure out, I'm like, is it the cinematographer who had been on a couple of things, but nothing serious? Um, it was just flat shots of everything. Like the camera was just in place filming a scene. Everyone's acting was, there was just something about it that was off. But at the same time, it was really good from the sense that it was a really depressing movie. And it really dove into how far Rocky has fallen uh, mentally and emotionally uh, after losing Adrian, sort of falling out with his son. Um, and I was starting to get that mandala effect because I had told myself as I was starting to watch these that I, I was almost positive that the the only movie I had sort of seen was Rocky IV. And I had seen it while we were in on vacation in California. We had... Uh, like we were driving around in a rental car and we had stopped at an Italian restaurant to get like takeout or something. And we went into this restaurant and they had Rocky four playing on the, on one of the TV screens. And I got to tell you, I lost my mind when I saw that Rocky owns an Italian restaurant. And when those first scenes, when they were inside the restaurant, I was like, wait a minute, that was the restaurant. And I was like, wait, so does that mean that I just, I saw Rocky Balboa? 
and I, I was making this up in my, it was one of those weird memory things where I was like, I don't even know if I can trust my own thoughts at this point. That's how far Rocky had me down the rabbit hole. But I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought the fight at the end was really cool, very different from the other fights. It felt like a real boxing match. And I liked that no one really won. I mean, well, no, um, uh, Mason Dixon won, which I really liked. There was a, there was a, just in something different about that movie that set it apart from the other five. Um, but I don't think, uh, I don't think it's going to come close to these. So with that in mind, my rankings of the Rocky movies, I've got Rocky five as the bottom of the barrel. Uh, absolutely not. Also, uh, how about his kid also played by his actual son, um, wearing that dangly earring that must've been like a nineties thing. Cause I was like, Oh, that's, there was also a really good line there too, where he's, his kid's smoking and he's like, Hey, why aren't you, why are you smoking, man? What? And he, he's like, oh, you never smoked before, Dad? He's like, oh, yeah, you know, I had, I had a bunch of bad habits, and, but, you know, but I kicked them. And he goes, yeah, well, maybe I'll do that too. And I was like, okay, okay. But, um, yeah, it just, you know, he he went from being obsessed with Tommy Gunn to uh, trying to come back to his family. The writing was all over the place, and I think it's it's been widely uh, panned as the worst Rocky movie, even by Stallone himself. So that's uh, Rocky two is the next one up there. Like I said, I just felt like it was cookie cutter from the last Rocky movie. Next, we got Rocky 3 and then Rocky 4. Those are neck and neck, but the reason I'm putting Rocky 4 over 3 is because of the soundtrack and the guest appearances. And those are those three are sixes. And then we're going to move into the sevens, which I have as Rocky Balboa, which I'd put above all of those, but I'd put that one below Rocky. So I've got Rocky right there. And then I think all three of the Creed movies I like more than all of those other Rocky movies. But the next one in line, my number three would be Creed 2. And then above that, Creed. And then above that, Creed 3. So like I said, this movie, Creed 3, was my favorite of the franchise. Uh, I really recommend anyone who maybe hasn't gone to see it. It's also, it's less than two hours. It's only like an hour and 56 minutes. So with credits, it's probably like an hour and 50. Uh, it flies by. But like I said, every scene just, I don't know. It, it, it was incredible to see Michael B. Jordan in that director role and to see them kind of acting him and Jonathan Majors. I mean, you're, you're basically getting, you're getting Killmonger, Valkyrie, and Kang all in this movie, which was just... It was mind blow. Oh, and you also have uh, uh, Razor Fist, right? In Drago. So you've got four Marvel people in this movie, uh, which was uh, which was really cool. So uh, I don't know. Like I said, I, I really liked it. I would recommend going to see it. And that's where we're going to wrap this up. So for all you Rocky fans out there, hopefully this did not anger you too much. I know some of these things might be hot takes. But, hey, that's what makes the world go around. We can't all think the same way. So um, let me know what you think in the comments, if there are any, uh, or just uh, leave me a review with how much you hated this episode. But <laughs> for uh, Comics and Cinema, that's going to do it for us. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and we will see you in the ring. <laughs>